Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I'm Caitlin Collins, live from Tel Aviv, and tonight they are free. Two American hostages have just been released by Hamas into the custody of the Israel Defense Forces. An Israeli source providing CNN with this photo of Judith Renan and her 17-year-old daughter, Natalie, two Americans who were abducted by Hamas two weeks ago in that surprise attack that killed more than 1,400 people here in Israel. And here they are, just moments later, on the phone with President Biden. All smiles all around. The USMC released a photo from their end of the call that's here in Israel. And as the president was leaving the White House tonight, he spoke briefly about that conversation. How was your call with the Americans? Wow. He said it went well. I should note we are standing by right now to hear from, Nat- from Natalie Renan's father, who is about to hold a press conference in just moments after getting that news. Natalie and her mom, Judith, are the first hostages to be released since this war began. And all of this comes as the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, says 10 additional Americans are still unaccounted for tonight. In an update today from the IDF, Israel said that the majority of the hostages they do believe are still alive, offering hope to other families who are desperately waiting for word of their loved ones. Judith and Natalie were here visiting family in a kibbutz in southern Israel, very close to Gaza, when that kibbutz came under attack on October 7th. Aaron Burnett spoke with Natalie's brother and Judith's stepson, Ben, just a few moments ago. My father got a chance to talk with Natalie, and I know Judith's family got a chance to talk with Judith. Um, At least from my father, Natalie uh, is doing well, is composed. I just want to thank the Biden administration for their wonderful work, as well as the Qatari government. also want to thank everyone throughout the country who has been praying for our family. I should note, we've been covering this story. Judith was here to celebrate her mom's 85th birthday. She was living, of course, in Illinois with her daughter, Natalie, who had just graduated high school a few months ago. She is set to turn 18 in just a matter of days. The Secretary of State says that they are meeting with a team from the U.S. Embassy. They are getting medical checkups, obviously going to get debriefed on what has been going on in the last two weeks, undergoing that medical care. I do want to note, earlier tonight, a reporter asked President Biden, as he was boarding that plane, whether or not Israel should hold off on going into Gaza, that ground invasion that we've been previewing here, until more hostages are released. He said yes at the time, but the White House later clarified he was just talking about hostages being released. We are now seeing Natalie Renan's father outside of Illinois. I just want to go 
to him for those remarks. I spoke with my daughter earlier today. She sounds very good. She looks very good. She was very happy and she's waiting to come home. Her mother has a little scratch on her hand, but she told me it's nothing. She's okay. I spoke earlier with President Biden. I thank him for his uh, concern, for his uh, helping with the release of them. And uh, he was very, very nice. Uh, I spoke with the uh, Governor Pritzer, and he was nice. And I thank him very much for his effort. And hopefully I'm going to see them next week. Next week is Natalie's birthday on the 24th. And we're going to celebrate her birthday here in my home. Sir, tell us about the emotions at this moment, the phone call you got and just what you felt in that moment. Okay, I did not get a phone call. First of all, I got a lot of uh, pictures from the TV in Israel. They showed, uh, they showed the release of them. And uh, later I got a phone call from the IDF. They told me they're going to meet them and then they're going to call me. After they met them, they called me and I spoke with my daughter then. Yuri, on that phone call with your daughter, was she able to tell you anything about her ordeal, what she's endured these past two weeks? No, she did not tell me anything. But she told me they treated her nice and she was very good. What are you looking forward to most when you first see your daughter? I'm sorry? What are you looking forward to most when you first see, see your daughter? I'm going to hug her and kiss her and uh, it's going to be the best day of my life. Can you describe what it's been like to wait and not know? It's the worst, uh, the worst uh, situation. I did not sleep at night and uh, my head always been in Israel. Lots of phone calls in Israel. Lots of TVs. I've been glued to the TV for two weeks, hoping for good news. Finally, it came. So did your ex-wife say the same thing, that they were treated well and that... I did not speak with my uh, ex-wife. Okay. But as far as you know, they were mistreated or anywhere? They did not talk about it, but they look good. They look good and uh, sound very good. Very happy. Did you think this moment would happen? Did you ever lose hope these last couple of years? I did not lose hope. What kept you going? Uh, praying and uh, just uh, waiting for this moment. Can you tell us about Natalie and what makes her special? She's an 18 years old teenager, typical American teenager, care about her nails, about her hair, about her, her fashion. But he sounds very, very, very good. What now from here, as far as you understand it, what is the process? And you're hearing from Yuri Renan there. That is the father of Natalie Renan, who, of course, was one of two American hostages released by Hamas earlier today. Anderson Cooper is here with me. I mean, just being able to hear it's the grateful incredible. voice. Of, I mean, he said he's been glued to the TV, hasn't been sleeping, hasn't been... It's her birthday eating. in a couple of days. I mean, Next Tuesday. Incredible. incredible. Yeah. I mean, that... And... I, you know, I, I know a number of families who have loved ones who are still being held or they are missing. They don't know their whereabouts. And, and obviously, they are overjoyed for this family and they are desperate for news of their loved ones. You know, it is worth pointing out Hamas is 
you know, released Americans, which is clearly trying to send some sort of a message to whether it's the American public or the American government, uh, trying to kind of weaken support for Israel or make themselves look good. The, that was part of the reason they released this, them saying, you know, we're, we're not essentially the monsters that, that were being portrayed by your fascist government, I believe was the fascist was the term. Yeah. Um, they also indicated that more could be released if, if you know, the situation warranted it, if I, I, I don't have the exact wording. But they could release all the hostages now. I mean, there are hostages with serious medical issues who have serious wounds that they caused uh, but in their capture. Uh, and they took these people. They are the ones holding them. They could be released all now. There's nothing holding them back from releasing all the hostages. Yeah, I mean, one of the families, they talked about their son who was at the music festival that he had his arm shorn off in the video that, yeah. they, that they had seen. So there certainly are more. And, I mean, you see this photo of Natalie and her mother, Judith, who were just here on holiday visiting family and you see it's the first photo of them they're being brought in by by idf soldiers i mean it's hard to even think about what the last two weeks have been like for them yeah i mean you know more details will be learned uh you know were they kept in underground tunnel were they kept underground i mean the there's no telling you know uh, i talked to to uh, rami igra who's a former Mossad uh officer uh, high level involved in hostage negotiations in the past and he said in general that that hostages are often kept relatively well, uh, so to speak, um, because they are bargaining tools, and that's how Hamas views them. And so they want to keep them alive in order to use them to gain leverage and get many, many Palestinian prisoners uh, out of jails. And I think you make a good point that these are two American hostages who are being released. I mean, it's not on, a coincidence. Earlier this week, we were talking about the French-Israeli citizen who right. had been kidnapped, Mia Schwem, that right. video that they had released the first time we saw any of the hostages. Right. They released a, a, a video of a French uh, a citizen, a French-Israeli citizen, showing that she that they had given her an operation, that she they were bandaging her wounds. They are sending messages to other countries mm-hmm. to try to weaken support. Yeah, and of course that comes right after President Biden was here. Anderson Cooper, thank you. Thanks. And for more now, I want to bring in CNN's Alex Marquardt, who, of course, has also been following all of this. We were breaking this story earlier today as these two hostages were being released. Alex, when you look at at what is being said here about why these two hostages, you heard Israel's ambassador to the United Nations say it's part of a PR campaign because— they are trying to generate goodwill before Israel's next military move. I mean, how much do you think Hamas is using this to try to influence global perception? I think they absolutely are. And I think you and Anderson are correct. I mean, here you have an American family um, that is on TV saying we're getting our daughter and our, our wife home. And so you've got the families, all these 200 hostages who now have greater hope that their families, uh, that, their, that their prisoners will be coming home. And so there's obviously uh, a hope by Hamas now that the pressure will grow uh, on Israel to perhaps back down a little bit to lessen that pressure, uh, that there will be uh, more support perhaps uh, for what Hamas is asking for. We did hear from a, a Hamas spokesman who said that they are willing to release uh, the foreign prisoners if they are able to get uh, aid into the Gaza Strip and, and able to get a ceasefire. Of course, those are terms that uh, that Israel certainly has rejected. No, they're not talking about peace. They're not talking about a ceasefire. 
So the official reason that Hamas gave earlier today to, uh, for releasing these two women uh, was humanitarian reasons. And it was to send a message, they said, uh, to Americans to uh, counter what they called the, the fascist claims uh, by, by the Biden administration. Um, so whether that, this definitely puts Israel in, in a tougher spot. Um, but Israel has said that these women were only released because of the military pressure. And that military pressure, they say, is only going to grow. Caitlin. Yeah. And as Anderson noted, of course, Hamas could release all of the hostages tonight if it wanted to. As far as how all of this went down, Alex, I mean, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, you heard him earlier thanking the government of Qatar for what he said was its important assistance here. I mean, but they also house Hamas leaders in their country. I mean, how does the U.S. balance that influence that they so clearly have with Hamas, but also with their ties to the, the group that just conducted this horrific attack? It is exactly that balance, Caitlin, that allows Qatar to do what they do. Um, Israel and the U.S. do not talk to Hamas. Uh, they consider it a terrorist organization. And so what Qatar does is essentially do the things that countries like the U.S. doesn't want to do. They um, are a very small country in a very powerful, very rich region. They are squeezed between Iran and Saudi Arabia. So how do they punch above their weight? They do things that other countries don't want to do. They engage with uh, groups like Hamas. They, in fact, house uh, leaders from Hamas in Doha. Um, they host meetings between the U.S. and the Taliban on their territory. They engage with the Taliban when the U.S. Uh, doesn't want to. Uh, when those uh, prisoners from Iran were coming home, where did they go through? They came through Doha. The Qataris were engaging with, with the Iranians the entire time. So it is really through talking to people who the U.S. and others don't want to talk to and having enormous amounts of wealth that they really uh, get this stature that they have in the world. Yeah. The other thing that really stood out tonight as we're just looking at the big picture of all of this as we come on two weeks of this anniversary is hearing from President Biden on why he believes Hamas launched this attack in the first place. What did the president say, Alex? Well, the, the president confirmed a theory that has essentially been out there since this attack took place. Uh, let's remind our viewers that Hamas is backed by Iran. They are the biggest funders and supporters of Hamas. And Iran's main rival in the region is Saudi Arabia. Now, Saudi Arabia has been on a path to recognizing Israel, to normalizing ties with Israel, which would completely uh, upend the Middle East as we know it. And many would argue, certainly here in the United States, make the Middle East uh, a safer and, and, and better and, and more prosperous place. And so President Biden said essentially that this Iran-backed group, Hamas, carried out this attack to derail those normalization efforts. This is the quote from President Biden. Uh, he said, one of the reasons Hamas moved on Israel is they know I was about to sit down with the Saudis. Now, one of the holdups in this normalization conversation is the treatment of Palestinians. The Saudis have been worried about the way that Israel has been uh, treating Palestinians, particularly with this new extreme far-right government. And so there is a, there's a sense, and we're hearing this from President Biden here, um, that if there is a conflict uh, between Israelis and Palestinians, that that really could derail these conversations uh, even further. Caitlin. Yeah, and we had spoken to Prime Minister Netanyahu about that just a month ago, and he was so hopeful about it. And now there seems like there is so little hope. Alex Marquardt, thank you for that great reporting.
Up next, of course, the release of these two hostages is bittersweet news for so many other families tonight who are still desperately waiting for word on their loved ones. I was with those families today at a ceremony here in Tel Aviv where a Shabbat dinner table was set but had 200 empty chairs, each one representing a hostage being held by Hamas. I spoke with the incredible parents of 21-year-old Omer Shemtov, kidnapped at the Nova Music Festival. Say that they are shooting all over, and he say that he even see some dying people. And I love you. I love you. He told me he was panicked. He was afraid. He said that they got into the car and they are trying to escape from there. More of that interview right after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. As there is breaking news tonight about two hostages being freed from Hamas by Hamas, other families are watching this news tonight with hope. It has been two weeks since Omir Shemtov's parents have seen their son. The 21-year-old was with his friends at the Nova Music Festival when Hamas attacked on that day. Omir was eventually handcuffed, placed in the back of a pickup truck, and kidnapped. That morning was the last time that Omir's family heard his voice as he called them frantic and terrified. From phone call to another phone call, he sounded much more panic, much more hysteric. And even in the, one of the phone calls, he said they are, they are running away. They, they, they came a lot of friends, but they start to run. So they, he lost some of his friends. And uh, while he was running, he said that they are shooting all over. And he said that he even sees some dying people. And I love you, I love you. Uh, I mean, you must have been so panicked to hear your 21-year-old son telling you it's not just rockets, it's there's gunfire and people are running and being killed. Yes, yes. It was like we, we could understand from his voice that this is something that we cannot understand even what his experience over there. He told me he was panicked, he was afraid. He said that they got into the car and they are trying to escape from there. My daughter um, told him, send us a live location. He sent the live location and then the phone was uh, stopped. And then we started to see that the, 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 the point is moving like not in the right way. Not coming home. Not, not coming home at all. It's, it's moving to the board. And my daughter started to cry and she told us, listen, it's, it's not the way, it's not the way. Um, I called him to say, Omer, it's not the way. And uh, he didn't answer. He, the, the phone was ringing and he didn't answer. Uh, and then we saw that he's getting into 
into it Gaza. It was behind the border already. It was behind the border. Okay. And then in the evening, we got a video that was published by the Hamas that Omer is uh, is an hostage over there. We saw we saw Omer handcuffed in a in a back of pickup. With he was an, handcuffed in a yeah, truck. Yes, uh, with his friend. They were alive. There was no blood or something on his clothes. And, and that was the only, the only single signal that we got from him. And it's been almost two weeks. Tomorrow will have been two weeks. I mean, what have these two weeks been like for both of you? We, didn't, we are not sleeping. We, we are not eating. We all of, of of the things that we are doing now it's to 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 shout all over the world our pain that no mother in in all over the world needs to feel like mother and father needs to feel like we are feeling now. Imagine that your son is going to a party and the next day people murders kidnapped him and you don't know if he's eating sleeping if they are beating him the the basic thing of a mother is to protect to protect her son and I cannot protect my son now. And it's driving me crazy. And it's I'm I'm talking not only for myself. I'm talking for a lot of families. You must understand that people were in the safe place at their home. They were sitting eating breakfast. Some of them was sleeping, and then this terrorist came in through their house and murdered and took them from their house, from the place that it's the most safe place. And they took him, babies, children, teenage, mothers, fathers, grandmothers. And he's he's 21, but but he's your baby. I mean, what is what's he like? What's his personality? What is he? You were saying he kisses you three times on the cheeks yeah, all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah he's day. an amazing guy. He's a party guy. He, he he's by himself. He's a DJ, and he likes very much all these kind of festival, music festivals. So that's Homer. Very very happy guy. Very happy yeah. guy. Funny. Funny, very we call funny. Him, uh, so cute. We call him uh, Sunshine because uh, like the sunshine, everybody wants to be next to, him. next to him. The last time Omira's family saw him was at Shabbat dinner two weeks ago. He was there like he always is. He's always the life of the party, as they talked about, his big personality. And that night was the night that he went to the Nova Music Festival. The next time his parents heard from him was in a series of panicked phone calls the next day when they realized that the festival he was at was being attacked by Hamas. 
The ceremony tonight in this huge table that you see is for all the families whose loved ones are being held hostage tonight, whose loved ones won't be at Shabbat dinner tonight. And Omer's family is hoping that he will be back at their Shabbat dinner, at their table, very soon. Can you show me the video that you were showing me a moment ago? Yes. <laughs> Amazing. And that was a picture of your family. Yes. How many times have you watched that video? Wow. Oh my God. I saw it. You know, at the beginning when Dana posted, I saw it, I don't know, maybe a hundred times. And each time I, I'm crying and uh, I get very emotional. Even now when I see it, I get very emotional. And also the song say, you are going to get out from this. Don't be afraid from the you're going, fear. Yes, you're going to get out from it. If you could talk to him right now, what would you say to him? Come back, enough, enough. You did enough troubles, come, come back. What are you, mom? That I love him, that I miss him, that I want Every every day when he is going, he is coming to me, he's telling, he's hugging me, telling me, Mom, I love you. He's kissing me three times and he's going. So I, I want him back. I want that. I want to hug him. I want to hug him, to smell him. That's what I want very much, to hug him and smell him. It must have been a relief to hear what the IDF said today, that they do believe most of the hostages are still alive. You know, for us, it's a... It's give maybe some light, but uh, until we don't see them... I want to say something about that. My son has asthma. He, he cannot breathe well. And I also... Every day when I'm coming, when I'm waking up and I don't have, cannot breathe, I'm taking my yes, nailer, and I'm thinking about Omer, that he's there and he don't have his whatever you call it, and it's it's the minimum thing that the the humanitarian thing that they, they need to do, first of all. It's, it's unbelievable. I want to thank Omer's parents, Shelly and Malki. They were so gracious with their time today, despite being so clearly filled with grief for their missing son. These families are devastated. Their lives have been completely uprooted. Omer's dad 
at one point had a small smile on his face when he told me he can't wait for his son to come home so he can tell him to go and clean his messy room. My heart is heavy for them tonight and for every family who had an empty seat at their Shabbat dinner table. Back in a moment. Just moments ago, Yuri Renan, the father of the American hostage, Natalie, who was freed by Hamas tonight, spoke to reporters about his daughter's release. CNN's Whitney Wilde is live on the scene in the Chicago suburbs. Whitney, what did you hear from, from the father as he was talking about this moment of such joy after two weeks of, of just not knowing what was happening to his family? In a word, Caitlin, overall relief, immense relief, because he was acutely aware of what could happen. Uh, he had so many glowing words about his daughter, like any father would, but Natalie is special. She is unbelievably kind. She's a fantastic artist. And what makes this so much harder, Caitlin, is that... Again, her kindness was boundless, which made this entire ordeal especially cruel for this family. Uh, the last two weeks, as you mentioned, have just been excruciating. Here's how Yuri Renan described those moments. I did not sleep at night, and uh, my head always been in Israel. Lots of phone calls in Israel, lots of TVs. I've been glued to the TV for two weeks. Hoping for any good news. Finally, it comes. He spoke with her this evening. He said that the call was brief, but he just said, I love you. Uh, he was so, so, so grateful for her to be home. He said he also spoke with President Biden, uh, who said that he knows how he feels. He was comforted by those words. He said that President Biden was very, very kind. Uh, and Caitlin, again, this entire experience has just been terrible, but it is now over. And uh, the expectation is that Natalie Renan will return to the Chicago area in the next few days, hopefully in time for her 18th birthday, which is October 24th. And he says that will be the best day of his life. Yeah, just next Tuesday. But, you know, Whitney, I was thinking about this. You know, he, he can relate to the parents that I, that I was just speaking to, to Amir's parents. And, and so many of these people who are still waiting on their loved ones and for hope that they can have a similar experience to what happened to him. Did he have anything to say to, to those other parents tonight, those other relatives? Certainly, because surely those families are looking to him as a guide in this moment, someone who's been through what they've been through uh, and what they are continuing to endure in these very difficult moments. And he said simply, don't lose hope. Pray for good, Caitlin. Whitney Wild, thank you for being there. Also tonight here on the ground in Tel Aviv, Israel's military says that the majority of the hostages they believe are still alive. The question is, does that change the calculus on when Israeli forces could potentially go in for a ground war? And is there a long-term plan for Gaza after that potential ground incursion? We're going to speak with a member of Israel's government right after this. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app.
Pro-Palestinian demonstrations have been happening daily across the region. From the West Bank to Cairo, Oman, Jordan, people have packed the streets. At the Rafah crossing, which is that one key access point where humanitarian aid is waiting to be allowed into Gaza, CNN witnessed hundreds of people venting their anger as the United Nations Secretary General was speaking. Antonio Guterres forced to leave the area actually earlier than planned as those protests grew more intense. With me now tonight is a member of Israel's Knesset and the country's former ambassador to the United Nations, Danny Dannon. Thank you so much for, for being here. I mean, you see these protests and such intense anger directed at UN officials, really everyone, Western media, our colleagues who were there on the ground today. You know, I wonder what your response is to that, because when someone like Secretary Blinken was asked earlier today if he believed that Israel was following, you know, the international rules of war, he didn't outright say yes. He just talked about Israel's right to defend itself. We are at war, and at war you have to fight. We haven't forgotten what happened to us two weeks ago, where more than 1,400 Israelis were massacred. Our girls were raped. As we speak, we have 200 Israelis in Gaza, babies, one-year-old, Holocaust survivor, 86-year-old. So we haven't forgotten that. So we will try to minimize the civilian casualties, but we are determined to eliminate Hamas. It will not be easy. We encourage the population to move out of northern Gaza because we intend to come in. And when we come in, we're going to hunt down Hamas. We will eradicate them. So the population must move south. They can ignore our warning, but then they shouldn't come and blame anyone else but themselves. There was some reporting today in The New Yorker that senior Israeli officials, while President Biden was here on the ground, had suggested that war could potentially take up to 10 years. Is that realistic in your view? No, no, we have no intention to drag it for 10 years. Also, you know, it's not easy for our economy. You have 100,000 Israelis who left their homes in the south and moved to hotels in the center and up north. We cannot keep them for a year in hotels. So it's going to be long, but when we speak about the length of the, of the war, I would say weeks, months, but not years. Is Israel, is it real, if, you're, if Israel accomplishes what it's setting out, which is to eradicate Hamas's capabilities, at least militarily, what is the plan for Gaza after? Because Israel has been clear they don't want to reoccupy Gaza. So what happens? Who goes in there? Who fills that void? So, you know, I, I was Deputy Minister of Defense nine years ago. And we had a similar debate. And I told my colleagues in the Ministry of Defense, I don't care. Let's eradicate Hamas and then we'll deal with that. And for years, we dragged the decision uh, of dealing with Hamas because of this question. So today, we just move in. As we move in, we're going to have that discussion. But we are not going to wait. It cannot be worse than Hamas, than ISIS. You know, we haven't shown all the pictures we have because you cannot show it to the public. But those are animals, what they did to the babies, to pregnant women, you know, things that you, you cannot accept. Even ISIS didn't do it to women and children. Well, they clearly don't play by the international rules of war or anything of that nature of law in any sense of the way. And so when Israel's forces do go in there, I mean, we've talked about this complex tunnel system that is under Gaza that Hamas operates out of. I mean, are you worried about a serious loss of life to Israeli forces? It's a challenge. Uh, I cannot deny it because for years they were waiting for us planning those traps and tunnels. We are ready for it, but it's going to be complicated. That's why I'm telling the troops, take your time, do it slowly, and make sure that you don't make mistakes. Use whatever you need to eradicate Hamas. But it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to... How bad do you think it could be? Well, you know, we, we, we trained for that also. We have the technology. You know, we always speak about the surprises they planned for us. We have surprises for them. 
they should be worried about the capability of the IDF and the technology of the IDF. Israel has two uh, hostages now in its care in the IDF, two American hostages that were released that have been held for two weeks. What questions do they have for them about what they saw in Gaza? So, you know, after they were brought in, we, we, we asked them a few questions about what happened there. You know, you cannot expect much from, from civilians who were abducted uh, into a, a cell yeah, in, not like in Gaza. they're not officers. What uh, did they tell you, though? You know, first, we don't push them. We give them time to be with their family. Uh, but we realize, you know, it's not easy for them. And we don't forget, we have more than 200 uh, kidnapped Israelis, as we speak, in the hands of Hamas for two weeks. They are not home celebrating Shabbat with their families. They are somewhere in Gaza. Yeah. Ambassador Danny Danone, thank you for your thank time you tonight and for staying up so late for us. We thank really you. appreciate that. We have more to come on the breaking news tonight. Those two American hostages that are free. President Biden celebrating their release in a phone call. We'll be back with someone who knows Judith and Natalie very well. Yes, the rabbi from their temple that you heard from last week. He's back with us tonight next. Tonight, even as Judith and Natalie Renan's family is celebrating the fact that they have been released by Hamas, there are nearly 200 other hostages that are still in Gaza, a fact that is weighing heavily on Renan's community in Evanston, Illinois. Before the start of the Sabbath tonight, I spoke with their rabbi, Mayor Hecht, about their return and what it means. Rabbi, I'm so glad to have you back on on this good news. I mean, obviously, we should note tonight that there are still many, many hostages who are being held captive by Hamas. But this is obviously joyous news for Judith and her and Natalie's family. Have you been able to talk to any of the family? What can you tell us tonight? Caitlin, this is uh, the most incredible news. Our hearts are overwhelmed with joy and gratitude to the Almighty God for this unbelievable miracle. The last time you had me on, we were talking about prayer and the power of goodness. And look, it's, it seems like our prayers have been answered, but of course, we still have a tremendous amount of, of pain and agony and concern. And our, our, our hearts are deeply pained for, with the knowledge that there are still over 200 hostages in the hands of Hamas terrorists. And we must continue to pray and continue to spread that message of goodness, which hopefully will have the effect that it needs to overpower this evil and darkness. Rabbi, have you had a chance to speak with, with Judith's family? Have you heard anything from them on, on their condition? The family is overwhelmed with the news, and uh, I'm sure that uh, they have, have a lot to do. So they're busy busy nonstop. Um, they will be, I'm sure, talking to the media. But I want to just share with the listeners that the Judith and Natalie have been uh, in, in our prayers and in our hearts for the last two weeks, as have been every one of the hostages in the entire Israel. So to be at this, be, be able to share this moment with everyone together, moment of joy, is incredible and at the same time we have to be able to be realistic and understand that we're still in the middle of a war we're still in the middle of a dark time where we know that that terrorists are holding on to over 200 more of our brothers and sisters so judith and natalie we are so excited for them we look forward to them to come back home and we will celebrate there's no doubt about it 
but we're not, this is not over yet. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because obviously it's Shabbat and this is a time when so many families and friends are, are gathered around a table. They're spending time with their loved ones and, and a lot of them have an empty seat at their tables tonight because of they've either been killed by Hamas as a result of this attack or or their loved ones have been abducted. You talked about how Judith was always there every Sabbath, that she would always come in. Um, what's it going to be like when you can welcome her back? Is going to be the most special Shabbat we have ever had. I do want to uh, respond to a beautiful point that you brought out, which is that there's an attitude that someone is missing. Someone is missing from the table. Someone is missing from our family. And every Jew around the world is feeling that, that someone is missing. Uh, we can either approach it with the, with the knowledge that the missing person, we're going to leave an empty chair, or we can say no. That empty chair, we're going to fill with someone else. We're going to bring someone else to our Shabbat table. We're going to bring another person to celebrate the Shabbat with us. We're going to bring another person to come and pray with us, another person to come and experience the beauty of our traditions together with us, because by bringing in more people, we increase in the light instead of just leaving behind and leaving something empty. So we ask everyone to do that. We want to continue spreading the message of goodness, spreading the message of light. Light will win. Goodness will prevail. We will get through this because goodness and light always prevails. Rabbi Mayor Hecht, we got so many positive responses after we spoke to you the first time in a time of such desperation as, as we still didn't know how Judith and Natalie were doing. And so having you back on tonight, uh, now that we do know that they are safe, that they have been reunited with their family, is really special. Rabbi Mayor Hecht, thank you for your time tonight. Caitlin, thank you for having me on again. Up next, we'll have a crucial update on the desperate wait for aid that is so needed in Gaza tonight. That's in a moment. Also, an important update on Palestinians tonight who are so desperate for needed aid. A hospital in Gaza said it is facing the threat of an imminent airstrike from the Israel Defense Forces after it received three warnings from Israel to evacuate. That's according to the Palestinian Red Crescent tonight. But that hospital says it won't be able to move hundreds of patients who were there. Israeli officials, for their part, have told CNN that if an evacuation order is given, even to a hospital, they say it's because Hamas is hiding inside and beneath hospitals and schools, among other places, often using civilians as human shields. In the meantime, the Red Cross says that Gaza's entire health care system is on the brink of collapse tonight. The humanitarian relief that has been piling up across the border in Egypt and dozens of trucks that we have seen. We are told that the first delivery is scheduled to be 20 or so trucks of that aid, but that is just a small drop in the bucket compared to the 100 trucks a day that the United Nations says Gazans need. I wanna thank you so much for joining us tonight and every night this week for this coverage here in Tel Aviv. Oftentimes, it is difficult to watch, but it is so important. Thank you for watching. I wanna turn it over to CNN Newsnight with Abby Phillip right now. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. 
Sleep Next Level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.